0: Welcome to this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, hosted by me, Christina Simmons, who will be your guide for this audio online retreat that's going to be focused upon continuing to help you become the saint God created you to be. This retreat, we're going to be reading from the spiritual classic, The Soul of the Apostolate by Dom Jean-Baptiste Chattard. And it's going to include a brief reflection and daily resolution that's designed to help you incorporate and live out that wisdom in your daily life. So join with me now as we take our next step in our pilgrimage towards holiness. Welcome to Day 25. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you to open our hearts and minds today as we pray this prayer from St. Augustine, our patron and intercessor. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. Amen. name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we are finishing part three of our the Soul of the Apostolate with the last sixth um, effect that the interior life has in the soul of the person, and this feature is, it is a firm defense against discouragement. Busuet has a sentence which is beyond the comprehension of an apostle, who does not realize what must be the soul of his apostolate. It runs, quote, When God desires a work to be holy from his hand, he reduces all to impotence and nothingness, and then he acts. End quote. Nothing wounds God so much as pride. And yet when we go out for success, we can get to such a point by our lack of purity of intention, that we set ourselves up as a sort of divinity, the principle, and end of our own works. This idolatry is an abomination in the sight of God. And so, when he sees that the activities of the apostle lack that selflessness which his glory demands from a creature, he sometimes leaves the field clear for secondary causes to go to work, and the building soon comes crashing down. The workman faces his task with all the fire of his nature, active, intelligent, loyal, Perhaps he realizes brilliant success. He even rejoices in them. He takes complacency in them. It is his work, all his. Vini, vidi, visi. I came, I saw, I conquered. He has just about appropriated this famous saying to himself. But wait a little. Something happens with the permission of God. A direct attack by Satan or the world is inflicted upon the work, or even the person of the apostle. Result? total ruin. But far more tragic is the interior upheaval in this ex-champion, the product of his sorrow and discouragement. The greater was his joy, the more profound his present state of dejection. Only our Lord is capable of raising up this wreck. Get up, he says to the discouraged apostle, and instead of acting alone, take to your work again. But with me, in me, and by me. But the miserable man no longer hears this voice. He has become so lost in externals that it would take a real miracle of grace for him to hear it, a miracle upon which his repeated infidelities give him no right to count. Only a vague conviction of the power of God and of his providence hovers over the desolation of this benighted failure, and is not enough to drive away the clouds of sadness which continue to envelop him. What a different sight is the real priest, whose ideal is to reproduce our Lord. For him, prayer and holiness of life remain the two chief ways of acting upon the heart of God and on the hearts of men. Yes, he has spent himself, and generously too, but the mirage of success seemed to him to be something unworthy of the undivided attention of a real apostle. Let storms come if they will. The secondary cause that produced them is of no importance. In the midst of a heap of ruins, since he has worked only with our Lord, he hears clearly in the depths of his heart, fear not, which give back to the disciples in the storm their peace and confidence. He runs to renew his love with the blessed sacrament, his deep personal devotion to the sorrows of Our Lady, and that is the first result of the trial. <clears throat> his soul, instead of being crushed by failure, comes out of the winepress with its youth renewed. His youth will be renewed like an eagle. Where does he get this attitude of humble triumph in the midst of defeat? Seek the secret of it nowhere else but in that union with Christ and in that unshakable confidence in his omnipotence which made St. Ignatius say, quote, If the company were to be suppressed without any fault on my part, a quarter of an hour alone with God would be enough to give me back my calm and peace, unquote the heart of an interior soul says the cure des ours stands in the middle of humiliations and sufferings like a rock in the midst of the sea we wonder if most active workers are capable of applying to their own lives the idea expressed by general dissonance in this wonderful daily prayer related by the author of his life my god here i am before you poor little stripped of everything here i am at your feet sunk in the depths of my own nothingness. I wish I had something to offer you, but I am nothing but wretchedness. You, you are everything. You are my wealth. My God, I thank you for having willed that I should be nothing in your sight. I love my humiliation and my nothingness. I thank you for having taken away from me a few satisfactions of self-love, a few consolations of the heart. I thank you for every deception that has befallen me, every ingratitude, every humiliation. I see that they were necessary, the goods of which they deprive me might have kept me from you. Oh my God, I bless you when you give me trials. I love it to be used up, broken to pieces, destroyed by you. Crush me more and more. Let me be in the building not as a stone worked and polished by the hand of the mason, but like an insignificant grain of sand gathered from the dust of the road. My God, I thank you for having let me catch a glimpse of the sweetness of your consolations, and I thank you for having taken away that glimpse. Everything that you do is just and good. I bless you in my abject poverty. I forget nothing except that I have not loved you enough. I desire nothing but that your will be done. You are my owner. I am your property. Turn me this way or that way. Break me up. Work on me however you like. I want to be reduced to nothing for love of you. O Jesus, how good is your hand, even at the most terrible intensity of my trial. Let me be crucified, but crucified by you. Amen. The Apostle does indeed suffer. Perhaps the event that has just frustrated his efforts and ruined his work will result in the loss of several of his flock. A bitter sorrow for this true pastor, but it will not be able to dampen the ardor that will make him start over again. He knows that all redemption, be it merely that of a single soul, is a great work accomplished above all by suffering. He is certain that generosity in supporting trial increases his progress in virtue and procures greater glory for God and this certainly is enough to sustain him. Besides, he knows that often God wants from him nothing more than the seeds of success. Others will come who will reap rich harvests, and perhaps they will think themselves entitled to all the credit. But heaven will be able to see the cause of it all in the thankless and seemingly sterile work that went before. I have sent you to reap that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors." Our Lord, author of the success of the apostles after Pentecost, willed that in the course of his public life he should only sow the seed of that success by teaching and example. And he predicted to his apostles that it would be given them to do works greater than his own. The works I do, he also shall do, and greater than these shall he do. What? A true apostle lose courage? He allow himself to be shaken by the words of cowards? he condemn himself to go into retirement just because of some failure to say such a thing is to lack all understanding either of his interior life or his faith in christ a tireless bee he sets about joyfully building up new honeycombs in his plundered hive <clears throat> beautiful analogy there at the end if you did not know Uh, Bees actually will go um, From uh, hive to hive and they will actually take take the place of those who had come before And in the same way we are called to do the same We are called to do our work be it planting seeds be it tilling the soil be it adding fertilizer water Be it whatever it is in the work of the vineyard we are but a part and the biggest thing is that the only reason why we will feel discouragement okay or sorrow is because of our pride let me repeat this and i'm repeating it for me in particular the only reason for our discouragement and sorrow and this is attached to any type of work that we are doing not the passing of a loved one, etc. But any time that we're experiencing sorrow or discouragement is because of our pride. So, one of the things that we have to do is guard against our pride, right? Which means we have to cultivate that grace of humility. Humility will help us be able to see ourselves as but a small little grain of sand, Beautiful prayer that uh, Don Jean Baptiste uh, shared from General de Sonis of where so often it is that we don't rejoice in the sufferings, the trials, the humiliations. Um, I once remember hearing, as I was becoming more intentional about, um, you know, growing in humility, that the only way to grow in humility is through humiliations. I wasn't thrilled by that i don't think any of us are but the fact is is that those humiliations come in many forms not just in quote failures that the world sees but they come in doing the work that no one else will do humiliations come in us setting aside our desires and doing god's it comes from setting aside <clears throat> our plans and being open to his it comes from our trusting that He will do all things through us and with us by Him. So what is our resolution for today? To do something that will bring about your growth and humility. This is going to be different for all of us. But each of us knows what is an activity or words that we can say or actions that um, Or even its thoughts coming before our Lord. But what is it that we need to be about so that we can grow in humility today? So that is our resolution, to grow in humility so that we can truly uh, have a firm defense against discouragement. Because we will not have our pride to fight against, but rather we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Tomorrow we'll begin part four in which our action is made fruitful by the interior life. I look forward to seeing all of you again tomorrow and know of my prayers for each and every one of you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you think of others who may benefit from listening, be sure to share the podcast with them. Until next time, know of my prayers for you to be given whatever graces you may need to continue doing whatever it takes on the journey towards holiness so together we can tell the master of death not today. God bless.